I've been busier than a one-armed paper hanger. A ceasefire means that firing ceases. Boys and girls, this is a war. That's what this war needs, its own song. You didn't used to mind dressing up like a colonel's wife. Hey, MASH fans, it's time for another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me from across the pond, Simon. Hi, gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 8, Episode 12, Dear Uncle Abdul. It's the 185th episode overall, directed by William Jurgensen, written by John Rappaport and Jim Mulligan, originally aired on December 3rd, 1979, and the production code is S613. Dear Uncle Abdul, Sorry it's been so long since I've written you, but I have a new job here. I've been busier than a one-armed paper hanger. Get it? But seriously, right now there's a ceasefire. So, I got wounded. Huh? What are you talking about? How'd anybody get wounded? A bunch of our boys on a routine patrol accidentally runs into a bunch of their boys doing the same thing. And everybody feels obliged to start pulling triggers. Klinger, take a memo. Okay, but I won't sit on your lap. To all unit commanders, Korean theater, both sides. Dear dummies, a ceasefire means that firing ceases. Won't work, Hawk. Ceasefire only works in a war, or this is a police action. You can take it from me, boys and girls. This is a war. It's my third, and God willing, my last. A war by any other name would smell just as rotten. This little set, too, is different, though. Seems like the reasons we're here aren't as clear. Quite true, Colonel. There's no feeling of unity. No brave slogans to rally around, like, uh, remember Pearl Harbor. Exactly, Padre. In the last fracas, people seemed to care. We were all fighting it together. And in WW1, people went around singing, over there, over there. That's what this war needs, its own song. And the plot summary for this episode, resigned to staying for his term of service, Klinger writes home about his job, which includes appeasing the officer's eccentricities. A homebound patient says goodbye to the slow-witted buddy who saved his life in battle. <laughs> that good, huh? Possibly the funniest clean joke of all time. <laughs> well, are you just going to sit there hogging all the guffaw, or do I get to hear it too? <laughs> All right, okay, but don't blame me if you fall off that stool laughing and break your clavy. Just tell me the joke. I'll worry about my own clavy. <laughs> okay, here it is. Here it is. This guy owns a circus, see? And one day he's in there uh, checking out the big top, and this scrawny little guy walks in, walks in the door. He walks over to the boss, and he says, Are you the boss here? I says, Yeah, what do you want? He says, I'd like to join the circus. I got an act. He says, oh, yeah, well, let me see what it is. So this little guy goes over to the center pole, and he starts climbing up the pole. And he goes all the way up. He climbs up and up and up. He goes all the way up to the very peak of the big top. And he looks down, and he takes a deep breath, and he leaps off, and he starts flapping his arms. 
and he starts flying, and he flies all around the big top. He goes all the way around the place. He goes around the center pole. He goes loop-de-loop through the trapezes. Then he gets all the way up, and he takes a nosedive right down to the ground, flapping his arms like mad, and he lands right next to the boss. And he says, well, what do you think? The boss says, that's all you do? Bird imitations? You get it? Bird imitation? <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's cute. Cute? You give the world's funniest joke a smirk and a cute? That's like saying Ava Gardner has pleasant features. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't think it was all that funny. Certainly nothing to write Korea about. What is the matter with you? When I tell that joke, I get screams. Well, I hate to smirk and run, but I'm doing post-op. See you later, Uncle Mildy. You wouldn't know a good joke if it leaped up and bit you on the funny bone. And for guest stars, we have Richard Lineback, who played Eddie. Born on February 4th, 1952, he's an American actor. He has performed in character roles in such blockbuster films as Speed, Twister, and Varsity Blues. He played Deputy Dodd in Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. He has also made numerous guest appearances for television, including Romas in Star Trek The Next Generation, Celine Piers in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and Kessick in Star Trek Enterprise. He also appears as Reverend Vernon Canty in two episodes of JAG. And so he clearly he's a, a Trekkie oh, by, yeah. the, by the looks of that. <laughs> uh, Alexander Pitel plays uh, Hank Fleming. Only seven credits for Alexander. Mm. Not doing enough, yeah. I feel. Then we have Kelly Ward, who plays Dave. He was born November 17, 1956. He's also American actor and voice director for television animation. He is also famous for his role as T-Bird Putsy in Greece, 1978. Oh, that's so funny. I knew he looked familiar, and I couldn't figure out where I saw him from. <laughs> yeah, and this is a year afterwards, so um, yeah. that's probably the reason why they're And uh, Kelly Nakahara returns as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato. Hi. What can we do for you? Is Hank here? Who? Hank's his buddy. I'm supposed to go wherever he goes. Is he here? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, Eddie. Are you Veej? I don't know either. What makes you think he'd be here? We got shot. Well, we get a lot of that here. Hey, Ed, that you? Dave. I'm, I'm trying to find Hank. You seen him? Yeah. He's right over there in the last bunk. He's got hit pretty bad. Was he okay? Doc? Yeah. How's Hank? You talking about Corporal Fleming? That's him. Well, he's still unconscious, but he's gonna be fine. You remember Hockey's a kid who got all the shrapnel in his neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. He lost a lot of blood, but he'll be all right. I'm gonna go sit with him, okay? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Hey, soldier. That kid all right? Eddie? Well, sure. He's just a little slow, you know. What do you mean, slow? He's just not too bright. Back in basic, Hank was a squad leader. And they sort of made him responsible for Eddie. He helped him on tests and kept him out of trouble, that sort of thing. Wait a minute. Are you trying to say this Eddie has some sort of mental problem? No. No, Eddie's okay. He's just not as smart as some people. What the hell is a kid like that doing in combat? Maybe there were no openings on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Does your CO know about this? Oh, sure. Everybody does. And most of us sort of look out for Eddie. And he's, he's a pretty good soldier. 
When Hank got hit, Eddie took care of his wound, picked him up, and carried him back to battalion aid. I guess he must have just followed the litter jeep down here. Eddie's fine. As long as he stays with Hank. That's going to be kind of tough. Day after tomorrow, Hank goes home. All right, let's go ahead and discuss this episode. Why don't you start us off, Meds? Okay, well, mm, um, okay, where, where can I start? Uh, I, I gave this a 7 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I, I do like, there are some really nice bits in this, though. I, I will say that. I, I loved a bit where they all suddenly realise that no one knows why they are here, as in past world wars, there's always been a, a fairly legitimate reason for it. As uh, in this one, they're never really given a full explanation. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I quite yep. like that. I like the whole thing as well when they. The, uh, 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 this is the one where Potter's. Is this one where Potter's doing a self-portrait, and uh, Klinger's dressed up as yes. he's sucking sucking that nose. <laughs> it was a, it was a, a wonderful line. Um, the whole thing with Eddie sitting with Hank is really nice, um, I, and, and the fact that this is actually a Klinger strong episode, and. Uh, to be fair, I like the bits with Klinger in. I, I think those bits are really nice. And there's some nice little bits around it, like Winchester dressed in his shooting clothes and uh, the way he says to Klinger, you create the illusion of flight admirably. is, is really nice. Um, the whole thing about the joke, though, is just frankly so, so frustrating and so yep. annoying. Yep. And, and it's, it doesn't put BJ in a good light at all because it's sort of like... And I think Hawkeye does go over the top about the fact that it's like, oh, my, you know, everyone tells a joke someone's told them. But the fact that BJ is gloating about how good this joke is when he said it wasn't very good. Hi there. Remember me, your gag writer? Hawk, oh, it's only a joke. Only a joke? I tell it to you, and you look at me like I read you the obituaries. Then the next thing I know, you're getting big laughs all over camp telling the same joke. It's not exactly the same joke. I tell it better. Huh. You know, some people can tell a joke and some can't. You're trying to tell me you tell jokes better than I do? Maybe it's a funny mustache. He's, he's, he just winds up with the right. It doesn't come across as a BJ thing to do until you get to the end of the episode and they realise that they've just been frustrated and they're, they're using their own frustrated and boredom to take it out on each other. And it is a nice little payoff with Hawkeye in the shower when he hasn't shaved his moustache <laughs> off. I, I do like that. And I, I always like Alan Alder's cheeky face. It, yeah. it, it does make me laugh. But I can't give it higher than seven because I, I just think it's an episode with lots of lovely little bits, but it's almost like you've, you've had a nice cake and you've dropped it on the floor but the, the bits that you can salvage are nice but the other bits are just <laughs> sorry for being harsh but that's just the way I feel well I am 100% agreed with you uh, no, th- this is uh, this is I would have given it lower than a 7 if I was able to give lower than 7 um, oh, wow I I I I dislike the A story which I consider the the joke part uh, what saved this for me was the Hank and Eddie story that yeah. I, I just, I really enjoyed, you know, because I'm sure this happened in, you know, real wars and, you know, s- somehow the process, you know, slower people got put through to be grunts and to, you know, to fight for us. But I, I just love that this guy took him under his wing and the whole, you know, the whole uh, gang, you know, kind of looking out for him to make sure he's okay and take care of him. And um, mm. but I gave it a 7 out of 10 just because that's, like I said, that's... I probably would have given it a seven out of ten just because of the 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 Hank and Eddie story that definitely saved it for me. Again, I think we've had that before as well, though. <laughs> the, oh yes, we have. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'm a sucker for that. So go ahead, put it as many as many times as possible because I like it. <laughs> I loved Houlihan's locker story, her Foot Locker. Clinger, hold it right there. 
Where have you been? Oh, just out making an ass of myself. It's a rare gift he has. I've had it with you, that footlocker, and every debased pervert in this camp. No longer is mere violating good enough. Now we're up to stealing. Don't take it out on me, Major. I didn't do anything. That has nothing to do with it. If you were man enough to stand up to I-Corps, the creeps in this camp wouldn't be stealing my underwear. Probably just some secret admirer who has difficulty expressing himself verbally. Major, my heart bleeds, but I told you, I-Corps won't replace a personal item unless it's damaged in combat. Uh, Spot, don't I... Of course, Corporal. Oh. Excuse me, Major Winchester. Yes, I did like that. that She's was... trying to get a new one, and they won't do it, and then she finally takes Charles's gun and goes shoots it twice. And I love her story at the end about how it happened. It's so dramatic, and uh, <laughs> I just that was really funny. Uh, I liked I liked Follow McKay's song at the end. There's no one singing war songs now like people used to do. No over there. No praise the Lord, no glory, hallelujah. Perhaps at last we've asked ourselves what we should have asked before. With the pain and death this madness brings, what were we ever singing? You know the mm. that was that was nice, but yeah, I honestly I didn't think Hawkeye's joke was funny at all. So I don't know why people are uh, being hysterical over it because I didn't find it funny. Even when he told it, yeah. I didn't think it was funny. And then when BJ told it, I didn't think it was funny. So <laughs> I just it that, that you know I agree that storyline just didn't work for me. But the fact that I didn't no. even think it was a funny joke to begin with was even. Made it worse. Yeah. And as you mentioned, the last scene where Hawkeye turns around and he has a mustache is priceless. That's <laughs> that that right there, that helped that helped that pushed it right to a seven. Was that just yeah. that one last scene was funny. That saved it saved it by a point. It saved it, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, but overall it was just you know, because you know, as we've mentioned several times on during this podcast, we record six episodes at a time, so we watch six and the the previous two that we just watched in this new chunk were just amazing. Or actually three. Yeah. I think we've watched three. Yeah, three. They were all eights, nines, and tens. You know, they were amazing episodes. And then you come to something like this and you're like, okay. I mean, it was good. From MASH is good, period. That's why I don't give it anything lower than a seven because any MASH episode is, is better than most TV. Oh, gosh, yeah. But when you put it on a certain standard, you know, with other MASH episodes, that's how we, that's at least that's how I rate them is amongst other MASH episodes. I don't rank them amongst other TV. It's just, it wasn't up to par with the previous three episodes that we had watched in this chunk. And... 
I just, yeah. I mean, definitely, I love Klinger's stuff. I loved him sitting on Potter's horse, and, you know, I love that Potter was going to actually just, you know, paint, it was, which was bizarre to me, that he needed Klinger to sit on the horse so he can paint the horse, the body, and then he was going to put his own head on top of Klinger's body. Yeah. Which is weird, but I loved Klinger pretending to be a, a you know, a, a hound dog or a bird dog, you know, when he, when he points to the, to the, the quell. Yeah, um, yeah. That was hilarious. And I love that when he's talking, you know, because, you know, I, if you watch the episode, Charles shoots the bird, it falls, hits a landmine, blows up. And Klinger turns around and, you know, he's talking to Charles saying that they should leave. And he turns around and Charles is already like halfway running down the, <laughs> the runway. <laughs> Klinger chases after him. I, I mean, there were funny scenes. It's just that I think this, the main story of the, the joke, it yeah, fell it flat did. for me. You know, yeah. and that's that's unfortunate because this could have been a really good episode. There were lots of good, like you said with the cake. That was the perfect analogy for it. There, it would have been great, but the bits and pieces that we did get were really good. You yeah, know? but the rest of it, we both had two sh- cakes. Patty, <laughs> is that you? Hi, Hank. You all right? Yeah. Eddie wrapped a field bandage on your wound and carried you down to battalion aid. Probably saved you from bleeding to death. Hey, Eddie. Thanks, buddy. That's okay. I told you, didn't I? You're getting to be a hell of a soldier. Yeah, well, sure be good when you're better and we're together again. Eddie, listen. Doc, I like to take care of this myself, okay? Yeah, well, um, I gave it a seven. Yeah, seven. you gave it a seven. seven. And IMDb give it a seven point seven. So yeah, we look kind of roughly round about the same thing again there. So uh, yes, us and the 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 general public are, are on board on this one. Yeah, very cool. I kind of wish you weren't leaving. We've been together a long time. You ain't kidding, pal. It's a good thing too. We hadn't been together when I got clumped. I might not have made it. I'm scared. I ain't never been alone before. You know me, dummy. You're not a dummy. You're good. You're tough. You got nothing to be scared of. Besides, you ain't gonna be alone. From now on, you and me are buddies. We worked it all out, didn't we? Yeah. We did. Then don't sweat it, or I'll come back over here and knock you around. Can I rot you? You better. We got room for one more. Anybody else with tickets for the bus tour? I'm ready to go, Doc. Thanks. Don't mention it. All part of the fun fiesta package here at Camp Patchamuck. And don't worry about Eddie. He's gonna be okay. I'm glad to hear that. I just hope all the Eddies over here are buddies like you. Thanks for everything, Eddie. Take care of things, huh, Dave? It's a deal. Bye, Hank. Hey, he's gonna be fine. How you doing? Oh, I'm all right. We worked it all out. Eddie's gonna hitch a ride up to the unit and talk to the Sarge. You stick with him for a couple of days, and then I'll be back, right? Right. Before you shove off, come on over to the mess tent. You can pick up an order of cramps to go. The specialty today is ambush stew. 
It'll attack you when you least expect it. Ambush, dude. <laughs> You're funny. Alright, let's go ahead and move on to some behind the scenes. I think I have the first one here. Just before Potter and Klinger go out for Potter to paint Klinger, Potter's paint case is shown. Potter must have had this for a while because it says Captain Sherman Potter on the box. Yeah. Which is really cool. That's a nice little touch. Yeah. Okay. Um, the bar in the officers' club is set up in reverse of how it's set up usually. The bar is set up where the tables and chairs usually are. It was backwards. Yeah. It's very bizarre. I didn't notice that either. Yeah. All right. Okay. Potter has Cleaner sit on his mare, Sophie, so that he can paint himself. It's a self-portrait. So Klinger is in the colonel's uniform. The horse shown is not a mare, but a gelding, which is a castrated male horse. Oh. Oh. <laughs> let's not let's not no one needs to get back and zoom in on that that's really so, so. Uh, I've, I've got the fun fact unlike that poor horse um, and here it is uh, ever notice how in MASH you didn't see people's shoes what? Uh, well <laughs> I think we do <laughs> Um, well, there was a specific reason for that. Although it is standard for military personnel to wear army boots, the producer avoided using them on set. This was because they made too much noise on the sound stage, and the actors found them too uncomfortable to wear. So most of the time they were wearing sneakers, or trainers for anyone else outside of America, <laughs> which is why they were shot from the waist up. They only wore army boots in certain scenes that were necessary. Well, we, we do see BJ wearing his converse. We mentioned that in a few yes. episodes to go yeah uh you do see an episode quite a few times you see hawkeye wearing these boots um quite a bit actually because he's always messing around with them so mm, yeah that's, that's a fun fact where we're picking at the fun well i mean i think that yeah i think it's more like the the operation rooms you know all those yeah. scenes are all done chest up you know there's a few yeah. of those there's a few of the stuff obviously when they're outside or when they're out in malibu filming they're wearing the boots because most of those are long shots and they're walking yeah. But I think most of the close-up stuff, obviously, they're not going to wear their boots. They don't need them. No, like uh, Peter Cushing wearing his slippers in uh, Star Wars. There you go. <laughs> See? And he lands right next to the big guy. And he says, uh, so uh, what do you think? And the circus guy says, that's all you do, bird imitations? <laughs> I remember that. I don't know, Pierce. Well, now, look, I know you've seen this about a dozen times, but, the, but I mean, who tells it better, me or BJ? Well, that's just it. It's hard to say. You flap pretty good. Uh-huh. But Honeycutt has a certain lilt in his voice. There, you see? I have lilt. Who cares about lilt? Does Red Skelton have lilt? Does Jackie Gleason have lilt? This is a visual joke here. It's moves that count, not lilt. I must admit, uh, Pierce, you create the illusion of flight admirably. There, you see what I mean? But Honeycutt brings a wonderful panache to the telling. There you have it. You can't beat Lilt and Panache. Fair on Panache. <laughs> what do you think, Margaret? Don't get me into this. I think it's a stupid joke. Nobody can fly just by going... All right, it's trivia time. Last episode's question. When Dr. Friedman first appeared on MASH, what was his first name? It wasn't Sidney. It was Milton. Yeah. Milton Friedman. All right, this episode's question... What was the... Oh, this is another hard one. I found this and I was like, really? Okay, I'm going to ask it. Wow. Oh, yeah. What was the combination to the company's safe? It is mentioned. So let's see if you guys can figure it out. Go ahead yeah, and email... No Googling. Yeah, no Googling. Yes, please. Go ahead and email your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. 
There must be an objective opinion around here somewhere. Hey, Klinger. Yeah. What? You seem to be a disinterested bystander. I certainly am. Very disinterested. We need the answer to a question that's been plaguing man for centuries. What is it? Who's the funniest guy in this camp, me or BJ? You interrupt an important letter to ask me a stupid question like that? Uh-huh. Yeah, tell us once and for all, who's the funniest? It's no contest. Uh-huh. Neither one of you. What are you talking about? You guys don't even make the first cut. I'm trying to tell my uncle what kind of a place I work in. Doctors, nurses, saving lives. Well, I got a commanding officer who dresses me up in his clothes and sits me on a horse named Sophie so he can paint his own picture. There's a priest writing war ditties and a snooty major who pays me 20 bucks to follow him out in the woods and watch him blow up a pigeon with a landmine. And if that doesn't do it for you, I got a head nurse who shoots unarmed luggage. All you two guys do is walk around all day telling jokes. What the hell's so funny about that? You can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash 4077 podcast or just type in mash 4077 podcast in the search and our page will come up if you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions you can send those emails to mash 4077 podcast at gmail.com and if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com, slash geekyfanboy. All right, so I think that's going to do it. It had good bits and pieces, I think, to this episode, but not not a stellar episode by far. No, no, hard a hard uh, episode to follow up from the yeah. three excellent ones we've just had. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm Kenny, and I'm Simon, and we'll be seeing you. Wonder how Eddie's doing. As long as he has friends like Hank and Dave, he'll be just fine. I think maybe you and I could learn something from them, huh? We have been acting kind of stupid toward each other the past couple of days, you know that? Well, the pressure and idiocy of this war, it's no wonder. Maybe we ought to call a truce. Good idea. Okay, no more rivalry. No more trying to outdo each other all the time. Trying to top each other is just silly. You're absolutely right, pal. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his knights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Hello, MASH fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world, so if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us.
MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved. Then we have Kelly Ward, who plays Dave. He was born... Is it he? Yeah, Dave. Uh, <laughs> do that again. <clears throat> the producer abused it. Abused it. <laughs> hey. Okay.